You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So I was wondering the other day when I was talking to Greg Bishop on last week's Paracast, I wondered, why have I never invited Ryan Sprague to the show? And he said, invite him. And I looked into my copy of Facebook Messenger, and there was a letter you wrote to me, Ryan, that about 10 years ago or eight years ago that I never answered for some reason. Was I being rude? Oh my gosh, Gene, that's that's crazy. What what did it say? I, I, I haven't looked back in my history that much. Was I a young, naive researcher at that time? <laughs> still am, still am. That's a good question. Let's look at the letter, okay? This goes back to... Don't incriminate me here. It's February 25th, 2010. Wow. That's a blast in the past. It's about a play. Oh, well, there you go. That's kind of how I got involved in all this. So I'm sure we can can get to that story, to say the least. I'm sure we can get into that. Okay, how does a playwright become a UFO researcher, author of a UFO book, etc.? Yeah, so I mean, it all sort of started with a UFO sighting I had at age 12. Um, That was my origin story, if you will. This was in upstate New York on the border of Canada and uh, New York, off the St. Lawrence River. I had a triangular UFO sighting when I was fishing off a dock at night. That was kind of what I did at the time. I I was more of a loner. I, I loved to fish, and I was on a weekend getaway with my parents, and I, I saw a triangular UFO, no, no machinery, no structure, but just three white lights in a formation, you know, prototypical red light in the middle, coasting over the water. It terrified me, Gene. I, I didn't know what the hell it was, what the heck it was. I was 12 years old and, you know, I became obsessed after that. I had nightmares about it. I started taking out books on UFOs and I kind of put it in the back of my mind for for a long time, you know, school took over, girls took over, life took over, man. And I, I gotten involved in theater when I was in high school and then going into college. And I did some acting in my time, but uh, playwriting was where my heart was. And one of the first plays that I really started to work on post-college was about the Rendlesham Forest incident. And that's when I, uh, I got hooked up with Peter Robbins the investigator, one of the only ones I really knew on the East Coast, uh, specifically in the New York area. And we started to meet uh, once a month at a diner in Midtown Manhattan, and the rest is sort of history. Out of curiosity, which diner? That would be the uh, the Galaxy Diner, appropriately titled, right on, I believe it was uh, 9th Avenue and 46th street i want to say i'm sure you're familiar with the area um yeah they have diners in that area it's funny when i was working in the 60s at saucer news with jim mosley he had a small office at 303 fifth avenue i can't say it was a diner but there was a restaurant right across the street and because Mm -hmm. it was across the street and for no other reason and jim had very modest tastes in food he ate the same thing every day we'd have lunch there like three four in the afternoon it sounds strikingly familiar to what Peter and I would do, you know, just same thing every time we'd catch up on the latest, you know, happenings in the UFO field. And he kind of ushered me into all of this, told me who to look out for, who to follow, what to read. And uh, it, it was great. It really was an Obi-Wan 
Luke Skywalker <laughs> introduction into this crazy, crazy field we're all involved with. And as a young, naive person with all of it, uh, I, I think I couldn't have chosen a better person to kind of bring me into all of this. So that's kind of how I got started. And I was working specifically with Peter and his co-author, Larry Warren, a very controversial figure right now uh, with the whole Rendlesham incident, uh, on a stage play about their 10-year journey in writing Left at Eastgate, their their best-selling British book on on the Rendlesham incident. Uh, you know, obviously that play has taken taken a little turn as of the recent findings about Mr. Warren, but it didn't stop me from working with Peter and uh, to continue work and trying to mix my passions of UFOs and and playwriting. So I'm still working on other plays in that avenue, in that realm, and it's only begun in terms of that. And remember Peter's words to you, repeated so often, use the force, Ryan. <laughs> yes, he is my Obi-Wan. I, 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 I look forward to every meeting with him, and I can't wait to get back east to uh, continue our, our lunches at the Galaxy Diner. What did you learn, do you think, from the so-called meltdown of Larry Warren? That we learned that he wasn't what we had expected him to be, and certainly how that affects uh, how that affects Peter Robbins as a co-author of a book with him. Well, I mean, it's interesting, Gene, because when I first approached both of them about doing this stage play, they were both very, very thumbs up, really ready to go with it. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of noticed throughout my time working with Larry that he was he was a little unstable. Uh, you know, one day he'd say, yeah, let's do it. The next it was, if you do this, I'm going to sue you and and so on and so on. So, you know, I, I have no personal you know, vindictive motives when it comes to Larry Warren. It was just a very kind of toxic relationship in terms of my creative process with him. So I kind of put him to the side and really focused on writing this play through the eyes, through the lens of Peter Robbins, the investigator. Um, and, you know, as time went on, I did notice that uh, Larry was being, you know, less than truthful with a lot of how he was involved with this case. And that kind of ended my working relationship with Larry. I, I continued it with Peter, but uh, the play is on the shelf as we speak uh, because, you know, where do you go from there when, when your co-author in all of this has been lying to you for 25, some odd 30 years. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm bummed and I'm disappointed in the way things have turned out. But that's kind of what this field has always been. You know, things come to the surface many, many years later and you regret some choices. But my big choice of working with Peter Robbins uh, hasn't changed. And, you know, I'm going to be having him on my show in the coming weeks. So, uh, you know, I remain hopeful that there's still more to Peter Robbins than this Rendlesham account. There always has been. And I look forward to to continue working with him on other things. So, yeah, that's where it stands right now. Yeah, Gene, um, you actually asked pretty much the question I was going to ask. So, Ryan, what is what does Peter think uh, Larry's kind of position in the whole Rendlesham thing is now? Is he like completely out of the picture, or is it definitely you know for sure that he was there on those nights or night? And you know, is there a degree to which? You know, his story may have been fabricated, embellished or whatever. Is there a core truth or is he a complete charlatan? What What's the thinking? As far as I can tell, Gogs, I mean, 
you know, Peter has been more open about it, uh, you know, over a few whiskeys in New York City. Um, but I believe and he believes that Larry was there on the base, but that the involvement he had was extremely exaggerated. Now, we've heard many times that Larry took the story of several other officers that night and kind of manipulated it and molded it into his own sort of story because these officers did not want to come forward. Now, you know, maybe that's commendable in some ways to at least get the information out there. But I think as time progressed and Larry got more and more deeply embedded in into this whole thing as the original whistleblower, as it were, that he almost started to believe his own manipulation of the story. So that's kind of where I think Peter stands with this. You know, there are small truths hidden within some big lies with all of it. Now, specifically, I, I cannot tell you how directly involved Larry was, but but Peter has said it many, many times before uh, in, when all of this has come forward that he, he was lied to. And uh, where do you go from there? I don't know. Now, I wanted to ask you something else about Peter Robbins, and we'll do that in our next segment. Ryan Sprague joins us. Gogs Mackay, as you heard, is our co-host. More to come with Gene Gogs and Ryan. You're in the podcast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. If you go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. Our homegrown small business tries to help people just like us. That's why we design and test our handmade products with great care before we introduce them to the public. You can easily find Sunny Bay heating pads on Amazon. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Sunny Bay heating pads. Home 
homemakers. Groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. With uncertain times in the United States, it's only prudent to consider storing precious metals in a safe place outside our borders. At Miles Franklin, we have done just that for you. Partnered with the most respected storage company in the industry, Miles Franklin is proud to offer the only fully insured private safe deposit box program in North America held in Vancouver and Toronto. Send us your previously purchased precious metals or have one of our brokers help you purchase something new. Questions? Please call one of our experienced brokers at 866-485-4346. Solid Foundational Storage, partnered with the most respected name in security. Maintaining an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and residing in Minnesota, the only state in America that regulates the precious metals industry, making doing business in precious metals with Miles Franklin the safest choice. Call us at 866-485-4346. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Limited, a name you can trust. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. More to come on the Paracast with Ryan Sprague, Gox McKine. Now, one of the main reasons I first talked to Peter Robbins on the Paracast, in addition to, of course, to the Left of the Escape book, was the fact that he had worked closely with Bud Hopkins on UFO abductions. What's your position on abductions, Ryan? Half my book, Gene, was dedicated to the abduction phenomenon, specifically people that I spoke to personally, face to face. Now, in terms of the abduction phenomenon, I, I can't tell you where I definitively stand on all of it. You know, I've heard so many interesting stories from peter about his work with bud being his personal assistant through many of the more famous cases that bud worked on you know the linda cortillo one coming to mind and many many others in terms of a physical reality to the abduction phenomenon i'm still very up in the air even having spoken to many people who claimed abduction experiences i don't know what what i find most interesting is that a lot of these people, they don't claim that they were abducted by aliens. They've come to me, they've come to many other researchers and said, listen, I had this weird experience where I remember seeing beings that were not human, and then next thing I know, I'm aboard some craft, or I'm somewhere outside of my own surroundings, and I'm being experimented on. Uh, 
This is really interesting to me because I'm finding more and more with the abduction phenomenon that it isn't the ET hypothesis that is directly taking over. They're not saying I was abducted by aliens. They're saying I had some weird stuff go on and I cannot explain that. So I firmly believe that many of these people believe something happened to them. Now, whether or not it has happened in the physical reality, I can't tell you. And that may come off as a very passive answer, but I'm still searching. I'm still searching for answers when it comes to the abduction phenomenon. And the more and more people I interview about it, the more skeptical I become, but also the more hopeful I am that there is some core phenomenon to this. Well, I think the one thing that interested me was when Red Pill Junkie did this newsletter for the Paracast, and it's something he's written about elsewhere, where he related and compared near-death experiences with abductions. NDEs have always been a big part of this. Yes, you often hear about having this out-of-body experience, looking down at yourself. One gentleman I spoke to specifically mentioned that to me, that after seeing a being in his room, He felt that he was somehow outside. He could feel the air outside, could hear, you know, the wind blowing, and he was looking down on himself. This was then subsequently part of an abduction experience. So I do agree with Miguel on a lot of what he brings up when it comes to NDEs in the abduction phenomenon. I do not think that takes away any of the mystery behind it or the excitement about what it could possibly be. It just adds to that whole high strangeness of it all. This is one of the arguments we often make with regard to the possible origin of UFOs, and we've had a pretty active debate in our forums, and that's, must we accept ET or look into other possibilities of things are going on that we just don't understand, and we find it easy to, as if it's easy, easy to say, okay, that's ET because of, on the surface, the phenomenon, at least with UFOs, appears to be something that's solid, metallic, and it flies rings around our own craft. Therefore, it's got to be ET. But beyond that, we have all this other stuff going on that isn't so readily explained. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's one answer to all of this and one that we haven't had definitive proof on in over 70 years now. I mean, I'm not against the ET hypothesis by any means. You know, I was also involved in the UFOs reframing the debate book where along with Greg Bishop and a few others, we postulate other possibilities for all of this. You know, is the co-creation hypothesis a part of this? I am avidly consuming everything that Bishop is talking about with this, uh, meeting with him, talking about it, about, you know, what else could this be? Do we have some control over what we're seeing in the skies? Are we creating it along with the phenomenon? Extremely fascinating. And I think a lot of the younger researchers out there are looking more into this because we don't see any answers coming forward with nuts and bolts ufology or even the hypothesis of what it could be. Uh, Science hasn't proven to us yet what these things are. So we're going to look at it another way and uh, work with science on that as well so it's a big mixed bag gentlemen and i know you know it's frustrating that we can't come to some conclusion but you know as a younger researcher i'm still out there trying to just get some new ideas and new questions you briefly mentioned the sighting that occurred when you were 12 years old can you expand upon it a little bit so this happened in 1995 i was 12 years old i was on a weekend getaway and Like I had mentioned earlier, I was fishing off of a dock and I saw three white lights in the reflection of the water 
you know, naturally I look up and it's just hanging silently over my head, this triangular formation of lights with the red light in the middle, very prototypical, very nineties. A lot of these things were sighted around that time. I, I could feel a vibration through my body, Gene. I, I don't know if that was because I was scared, if it was adrenaline, but it was extremely in- interesting. It had some sort of physiological effect on me, and it just started to coast over the water towards Canada off the St. Lawrence River. I yell for my father to come out and see this. He's inside watching a Yankees game. And you definitely don't <laughs> stop a New Yorker from watching a Yankees game. Absolutely. Unless you're a Mets fan like I am. (laughs) You see, I grew up in Brooklyn when we had the Brooklyn Dodgers before they went over to L.A. Yeah, to make money. And what I did then is when I saw the Brooklyn Dodgers leave, I wasn't interested in baseball. I realized it was for profit. And I always thought the Mets were a poor version of the Brooklyn Dodgers. We couldn't have the Dodgers. Let's just have the Mets. And that's not an insult to the Mets, but that's kind of how the history started. Not much has changed, unfortunately. (laughs) My father eventually did come outside. He saw the tail end of this thing coast over the water towards Canada. And, you know, right where the water meets the sky, we saw it disappear. Now, whether it just disappeared out of sight or actually submerged into the water is an image I'll never forget. And uh, that stuck with me. And like I said, I took out book after book after that on UFOs. I started joining the forums when America Online was booming at the time. Oh, and, uh, yeah. America Online. Ooh, I okay. was one of the early forum leaders. I was Gene on AOL. And, you know, I'm sure we crossed paths at some point, Gene. I'm sure we did. And I just became obsessed after that, went down the rabbit hole, and have been investigating and researching ever since. Now, I assume you started out with ETH at that time, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was all about the grays at that point for me, because it's all I was sort of shown in the literature. And, you know, the, the more I looked into it, the more I realized, wait a minute. You know, if this is the only answer to it all, why haven't we gotten more evidence? Why why are some people seeing Nordics while some are seeing reptilians, while some are seeing greys? And that's when I kind of started really, really thinking maybe there's more to this. We've got more to come with Ryan Sprague, Gogs McKay. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Want revenge on the common housefly? 
Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. President Trump is warning nations not to retaliate against U.S. tariffs on steel and aluminum imports. The president told world leaders at the G7 meeting in Quebec that historically, trade deals did not favor the U.S. Because of the fact that the United States leaders of the past didn't do a good job on trade, and again, I'm not blaming countries, I'm blaming our people that represented our past. Uh, It's got to change. It's going to change. I mean, it's not a question of, I hope it changes. It's going to change 100%. President Trump is now preparing for his meeting in Singapore with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. He says he believes the meeting will go very well and that Kim Jong-un will do the right thing for his people. You're listening to USA Radio News. Attention timeshare owners, this is an urgent consumer alert from Resort Release, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get rid of their expensive timeshares. Once you've made that decision to get rid of your timeshare for any reason, Resort Release is offering a Better Business Bureau accredited way to legally get rid of your timeshare guaranteed. We guarantee to get rid of your timeshare payments permanently, even if you've tried another company company to get rid of your expensive timeshare call now and see if we can help you at resort release you don't pay anything until you're ready if you're ready to learn how to permanently get rid of your costly timeshare make this complimentary free call right now 800-455-7967-800-455-7967-800-455-7967 that's 800-455-7967 Extendivite is more than just a heart tonic. Do you have any of these symptoms? Night cramps in the hands and feet. Your arms and legs often go to sleep. On short walks, do your legs get aches and pains? Is your memory worse than it used to be? Ankles that swell late in the day? Has your blood pressure increased lately? If you answered yes to even one of these questions, you may have early warning signs of arterial blockages. Your body is saying that it is time to take Extendivite. These are not the normal signs of aging. They are the warning signs that accompany blocked arteries. Get your Extendivite today. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Ryan also wanted to be an actor. And my response (laughs) after hearing him say the Paracast is, no, I don't want to do that. I want to say don't give up your day job because we all need a day job. But I'm being silly. Okay. (laughs) Talking about the conversion here from 
ETH to, wait a minute, there's more going on here. Especially when, you, as you say, you see different kinds of space people, alleged space people, and Stan Friedman would probably say, well, you know, this is a watering hole for ET. They just love to come down here and look at the silly earthlings doing their silly things. And the problem with that is here is, really? Do you really think that people see different creatures because they're different or because they are contributing to what they see? And if they're into Nordics or hoping for Nordics, they'll see Nordics if they've read the cultural images that came from such books as Communion, it's going to be greys. And maybe they see insecticides because they saw Independence Day and they had gigantic locusts. That's a very good point, Gene. I mean, I, you know, it really is the lens in which you view the phenomenon. And that's something Greg and I have talked about on many occasions is it really does depend on what you're influenced by. Some people take it as spiritual event some take it as a a paranormal event while others believe it was some sort of alien that have you know shown themselves to you or uh taken you out of your room at night it's fascinating gogs why don't you pick up on anything yeah um you know i had a question in my head a second ago let's see if it came back to me it just went there (laughs) um yeah the um I've always been interested by this point about how many people who are witness to, you know, good UFO sightings, if if that's an okay way to describe it, a bit like your own, Ryan, is that they 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 all almost feel like they were meant to see it. Mm. That that the maybe the object or something almost they feel that it knows they are looking and it knows they are you know, that you know, that they know kind of thing. They definitely seem, I don't think all UFO sightings are that, but certainly kind of close-up ones or when maybe when people are by themselves at the time on a, a lonely kind of field or something. But that that's always interested me. And that, that could go for whether whether it is just, you know, aliens from from another planet or it's a, it's a stranger reason, you know, it could work with either, you know, there's some paranormal force or there is actually just like a gray alien or something. And they are deliberately showing themselves to certain people at certain times for, for what reason we don't know. Did you ever get a feeling with that, that you were, you were meant, you were shown that triangle? That is a wonderful question, Gox. I, I, I do. I, I do believe there was an aspect to it that begged to be seen. I mean, it was massive. It was low. It was silent. It wanted to gauge a reaction out of me. I really do feel that, you know, I, other people probably saw it, but in that moment, you know, man, it was just me experiencing this. And I think that's an extremely personal event and I'm going to take it the way I perceived it, where someone else probably witness something else but you know there's an there's another prevalent case that i looked into in the book about uh, a gentleman in 1974 who saw a triangular boomerang craft over a drive-in movie theater hundreds of people saw this thing it shuts down the electricity at the drive-in and just coasts over and no one reacts gogs nobody they didn't yeah, get in their was- cars and leave nothing was this part of the book? The I read the book by Heineck. It was uh, the the Great Hudson Valley UFO Wave or something like that. I maybe I maybe have the title wrong, but it, it's about the. I think it was in the early eighties mostly, but a lot of these triangular sightings were in the Hudson Valley. Is this roughly the region where you had your sighting? 
Yes, my, my sighting was not too far from Hudson Valley. That's a little bit more upstate of New York City. Uh, I'm even further north um, towards the border of Canada. But yes, within the same New York region, New York is such a huge state, as Gene knows. Um, but yeah, this was during the time period and in somewhat proximity of the Hudson Valley in terms of it being in New York. Now, you know, in relation to this case that I'm speaking about, the drive-in theater, this was in Ohio. And, you know, predated the 90s sightings uh, by a lot, um, which I find very fascinating as well. These triangles and boomerangs were seen far more, you know, before the whole black triangle thing was even booming. And this guy saw this. Hundreds of people saw this. They did not react and they did not remember it happening. This guy had a trigger event many years later after seeing a UFO book by Heineck. And uh, and that's what triggered this memory back into his mind about what had happened. And I do think a lot of these sightings, whatever lay at the source of it, wants a reaction out of us, wants to see how we gauge it, how we interpret it, and what we take from that. And that's kind of my big thing is that human aspect to all of this. So it's fascinating, man, that idea of them wanting to be seen. And I think that's more prevalent now. Look at Phoenix Lights, look at Chicago O'Hare, look at what happened in Texas. These things want to be seen. And that's extremely intriguing to me. They're aching for an audience. I think so. This could be one of the biggest performance art pieces of all time, guys. And that's kind of what I'm looking at. Greg Bishop and I talk all the time about this could be one of the biggest art projects we've ever seen on this little blue planet of ours. But uh, So E.T. is here and they're auditioning to become actors. Yes, in the greatest cosmic television series of all time. If that's the case, I want in, guys. Get me in there. Yeah, it's a bit, bit like Dynasty. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. With a cliffhanger at every at every moment. So in yeah. fact, Dynasty, Dynasty, didn't they have the one of the main characters abducted by a UFO at the end of the whole thing, the, all, the whole show, all, the last season? It was a really, really wacky kind of episode. It'd been a straight up, you know, Dynasty was this kind of a rival to Dallas. And um, it just went completely left field right at the end. One of the younger female characters, main character, though, she gets abducted into a UFO or something. Do you remember that, Gene? Are you aware of that? I never watched that show, but I am aware of the phenomenon called jumping the shark. <laughs> because when. The Fonz jumped the shark on happy days, jumped across a shark. You knew then they had run out of creativity. And that's the buzz phrase for shows that have passed their creative peaks. Uh, their creative creativity is gone. They're just doing it for the money. It's like, you know, how many years can you do a TV show? They have shows like now Law & Order SVU is going into 20 years. What? How can you do a show for 20 years? That's what, 500 episodes? How do you do that? That is preposterous. And the only, in, the, see, in the UK, it makes sense. They have a series, which is a season. Right. And a season's going to be like 10 to 13 episodes, and that's it. And maybe they'll run a couple of seasons, and then they go and do something else. Of course, you have Doctor Who, but that's a special case. In the US, it is excess. You keep it going no matter what. You have 22 or 23 episodes of a season, and some of those are filler episodes or flashbacks. 
Because how can you make 22 or 23, 43-minute films every year? You can't do it. Agreed, Gene. And I mean, I will, you know, I, I am a self appointed and admitted X file with a PH. I love the show. It is, it hits every mark that I love about television and the paranormal. But I'll tell you right now, man, they ran that thing into the ground and holy hell, just go away already, Chris Carter. Go away. So you didn't like the reboot? I liked season 11, the most recent season. I thought there were some standout episodes, some really good writing, uh, but there is literally no story left to tell when it comes to to these two FBI agents, and they are regurgitating and recycling plot lines. Uh, they are not giving a fair shake to, to Miss Dana Scully, and I won't go any further than that other than I think Chris Carter needs to needs to really accept that, you know, th- this is the end of finding the truth for Mulder and Scully. And uh, let's move on to bigger and better things. So. The truth is no longer out there. It's here. We've got more to come. Ryan Sprague, Gox McKay, Gene Steinberg. You're in the podcast. Gas, 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 gas. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I'm 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. Heart and Body Extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You know, people are wondering how Goggs does those R's. It's, it's really a rotten <laughs> habit. They're gargling. You see, the way he does it, you see, most people just say it. You know, it's a rotten show no it's not a rotten show but I, I it's a good word to use gogs what he does he just doesn't just do it naturally he uses listerine that's what it is i knew it i knew you had some trick gotta keep that bacteria down <laughs> i tried yes, swallowing that stuff once but uh not didn't turn out so well trying to get drunk <laughs> that too i have a container of water here and i thought you know what Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend that I'm gargling. Instead of pretend, I will gargle for real. And I thought, you know, that'd be a cheap stunt. I mean, last week when we did our show with Greg Bishop, we played a song called Flying Saucer from 1951 by Mel Blanc. That's the song where his wife is throwing saucers at him. Yep. <laughs> The E.T. hypothesis has been replaced by domestic abuse. Love it. <laughs> and instead of the man of a thousand voices, it's the man of a thousand phenomena. Exactly. So that's how it works. So last week, if you ever wanted to hear more music on this show than just our theme songs and our bumper music last week, 
we featured Mel Blanc. Now, one song I wanted to play, but I really can't do it legally, is the young lady who plays Supergirl on TV, Melissa Benoist. She is playing Carol King on Broadway in Beautiful. And they've got this minute and 40 second segment from Playbill magazine where she's singing just her and the piano. And the voice is like, she's got a great singing voice, but here she sounds almost identical to Carol King singing so far away. But That's I can't fantastic. Play yeah. You know, she's got an incredible talent. She does. And what a wonderful show for her to be in. You know, I bartended at that show for a short amount of time and uh, it, it's not easy. So when, you know, we always worry when these TV and film actors come into the Broadway world, you know, can they do it? Can they keep up with it eight times a week in front of a live audience? But it's good to hear she's doing it. And I know, you know, we've seen with Flash and, you know, the other shows that they love doing musical numbers and musical episodes. So they all have the talent and it's good to see it shine every now and again. So that's great to hear that she's doing it. By the way, those of you who are interested, we're going to get into other stuff, but those of you who are interested, there's a show you can probably see on Netflix now of The Flash called Duets, where both Grant Gustin, who dances a lot like Dick Van Dyke, by that way, that has that lean, tall look, and Melissa Benoist sing. And at the end of the show, Grant sings a wonderful version of a song written by the two songwriters from La La Land. Yes, who also wrote a Tony-winning musical this past year in New York. So they're killing it. It's good to see everyone working together on some incredible theater in New York City, for sure. I can't wait to get back there. Well, we'll get into theater later, but that's just as far as we go with the pop culture. Except for how does pop culture influence UFOs? I mean, of course, we have the influence of The Day the Earth Stood Still, not the horrible version with... Keanu Reeves, the original with Michael Rennie, where Michael Rennie with a silvery uniform with the short hair. If you give him long hair, he's Orthon, the person that George Adamski met. And if you look what at the saucer that left Earth at the end of the movie, where you see the saucer lights up and takes off, you know, primitive special effects. Look at the photo of a UFO or a painting of a UFO from Howard Menger. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I've looked a lot into this, you know, working with Robbie Graham on the reframing book uh, and interviewing him several times. Is this juxtaposition of what came first, the chicken or the egg when it comes to all these? And, you know, Day the Earth Stood Still, one of my all time favorite movies as well, Gene. Uh, you do see influences around that time within the actual contactee movement and, uh, you know, even pre-contactee movement with you know cold war tensions and anxieties and the b sci-fi movies coming around and and what did come first on either end of the spectrum so i've always found that cultural side of all of this extremely fascinating you know how much does hollywood influence the phenomenon and in turn how how much does the phenomenon influence the uh you know, Hollywood, it's it's fascinating to me. And we've seen so many times when this has happened, even with uh, people being involved with projects. We know that there were investigators and FBI agents working with the X-Files on their paranormal cases and saying, yeah, this is how it went. This is what we did. Or you look at Independence Day, how 
members of the intelligence agencies were trying to stamp down the information Independence Day was using with Area 51. It's it's very interesting, and uh, I I I look forward to uh, to what comes next in terms of all that. So, yeah. When we look at Independence Day, it's just a popcorn movie with cultural references. But you're saying that the military objected to using the Area 51 reference? The CIA think it was. Yes, exactly, Gogs. They, uh, you know, they didn't like how it was being portrayed. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, because they, they were approached for some help on the movie or something, and they said something like, right, well, we'll help you, but only if you don't mention Area 51 by name or something. And just a crazy thought just popped into my head. I think this would be a fantastic idea if Steven Spielberg was to do a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That would be a movie I'd go and see. I'd love to do. I'd love to see Spielberg just make a straight up UFO movie, and maybe a sequel to Close Encounters would be great. Maybe like the main guy goes away and he comes back in five years with a lot of Serpo type stories. Exactly. I was just gonna say we got to get him back and hear what he actually saw. Right. <laughs> right. The biggest influence probably to Serpo story is Close Encounters. The only problem is, of course, is Richard Dreyfus is now three hundred years old. So you can't bring him back. You'd have to have a new actor with a similar presentation to replace him five years later. Or maybe he comes back, which is more interesting. He comes back 50 years later and he hasn't aged. Exactly. One of my favorite television shows was short-lived, the 4400, where people were taken throughout time and brought back at a certain time period in a certain location, and none of them have aged a day. And uh, a lot of people think that's what happened to Mr. Travis Walton as well. You look at the dude, and he hasn't aged since his incident. It's, it's pretty interesting, if you ask me. Yes, the 4400. I'm going to look now and see who was on the show. Joel Gretsch who did a lot of TV after that. And let's see who else. Okay, we have Joel Gretsch and Mahashala Ali, who is, uh, his real name is, you can't pronounce, except he appeared on House of Cards. And he also won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. He's an amazing actor. And it's Mahashala Ali is his Americanized name, but his real name, his Muslim name is like impossible to say. Tippi Hedren, of course, we remember her from The Birds, right? Mm-hmm. Peter Coyote was in there. And most of the other people I am not familiar with. A lot of Canadian actors from what I can gather, but oh. Oh, okay. Summer Glau from Firefly. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been around yeah. lately. She hasn't done much since then, yeah, but just a great show, and again, just one of those mysterious incidents where people show up out of nowhere and then trying to unravel why, who, the what, the where. Uh, I definitely suggest people check it out. Again, it was only three seasons, I believe, but definitely worth your time if you're looking for a good sci-fi, mind-pondering thing. Why do we keep doing this? We're back into... Pop culture. But you see, I don't think there'd be much of a UFO mystery in the way we see it today without the pop culture. It so heavily influences it that you can't really walk away from it. I'd have to agree. And, you know, for younger researchers out there, pop culture is sort of 
our thing. It's what we we thrive on. And uh, you know, you look at something like the recent Tom DeLonge endeavors, and that's deeply embedding the UFO topic into pop culture. So that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down. We'll go into rabbit holes, and we will find out what is to be found under that rabbit hole, within it, and without it. That's a song. We'll forget it. We've got (laughs) Ryan and Gene and Gogs. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Deagle, MD, A-A-E-M, A-C-A-M, A-4-M, of Nutramedical.com, and a consultant providing email advice free on advanced protocols for your optimized wellness and advanced technologies to heal and regenerate you. You can contact us at Nutramedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com, or 888-212-8871. You get free email starter protocols of our top medical-grade nutraceuticals, initial testing, and recommendations for your own primary doctor to do, as well as recommendations to give you an idea of a consultation and a full protocol to try to help you regenerate your tissues, heal naturally without the use of toxic polypharmacy. I can send test kits to you as well anywhere in the world and provide you recommendations for referral of specialty clinics worldwide. So contact me, Dr. Bill Deagle, at Nutramedical.com. That's nutrimedical.com or 888-212-8871. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. That is the spiritual, or the spirit, of Ryan Sprague. He decided to become a Ghostbuster, and he got so wrapped up into his job that he fell inside one of those machines. The containment <laughs> module. Oh, man, that is a party I would love to be invited to. Ghosts are not my thing, Gene. They terrify me. I had some incidents with Paul Kimball and Greg Bishop that I'll never forget. So, oh, ugh. yes, sir. Uh- Go into that. I, I did read uh, start reading about that in uh, in your book, and uh, which I only have managed to skim into uh, since Gene passed me a copy. But yeah, 
go into that a bit because that that really piqued my interest. You this experience with um, Paul Kimball up in Canada, Nova Scotia, wasn't it? Yes, it was. You know, I recently got back there uh, a couple weeks ago with with them for uh, Paul's Esotericon, which was a very awesome event. And, uh, you know, we had a really good time, let loose. But the year before that, Gogs, we were we went there and we were in Liverpool, Nova Scotia, where we went on a ghost hunt at the uh, the Queens County Museum. And, you know, I know Greg's talked about what he experienced that night in the museum, but I had a completely separate event happened where I was in a room with uh, a bunch of other attendees and we had the ghost box that I know Greg's described, you know, this thing, it transmitted yeah, the spirit box, the SP seven yep. and all that. Yeah, exactly. Transmitting different radio frequencies. You know, you might catch a word here or there and it's supposedly supposed to be how a spirit can communicate with you, not directly, but uh, just phrases, you know, how you interpret it. So you know, I'm in a room with a bunch of people and this thing starts telling us word for word that it is a little girl, it's scared, and it wants to leave. And we're all sitting down, getting to the level of this supposed little girl's spirit, and I am sitting cross-legged and I immediately feel a weight push my legs down, put its arms around me and hug me, and then get up and run out of the room. Now, at that immediate moment, Greg was in the doorway and he felt a cold wind brush right past him. So this was extremely interesting to me. I had had my own personal account. Greg was there to to corroborate it. And we each had different experiences within the same incident. So that changed my entire perspective. I was never a big ghost person, very skeptical about all of it. But that night definitely changed my mind. Do I believe it was a ghost? I, I can't tell you. Do I believe there was an energy there that directly tried to convey something to me? Yes. What that message is, I cannot tell you. But it left me shaken and I did not sleep that night. I can tell you that much. When you listen to the song, who are you going to call? It's going to be Paul Andrew Kimball. Yes, the new and improved Paul Kimball, the ghost hunter who is just killing it out there in uh, Nova Scotia. Was any of this recorded, audio or visual? So my event, Gogs, was not, but there was a separate event that I'll have to try to dig this up. I think Greg has audio. I might have video where they spoke on the REM pod, this other device, to supposedly to Mac Tony's. And I know Greg has talked about this and I was there for one of the communications. Now, again, this is something I'll have to try to dig up for you guys, but I'll tell you right now, that thing was going off like crazy when Paul was asking it very personal questions about his friendship with Mac. They always had this pact that when one of them died, that they would come back to haunt the other, which I think is a very interesting friendship to have. And as far as I can tell, that night and several other occasions, Mac has made himself known to Paul, and I was there to witness that in some small way. I can just imagine, you know, of, of all people, somebody like Mac Tony's, you know, d- doing exactly that. The mind boggles to think, you know, one of us guys into the paranormal kind of dying prematurely and then, you know, getting to find out the, the answer or possibly some answers to the mysteries of what happens next, if anything, and to actually be on the other side of the mirror, so to speak, and somehow find a way through a spirit box or a, a REM pod or something to talk to former kind of colleagues, friends, co-investigators. That just that alone would just be mind-boggling. 
and who knows it could be happening obviously something was happening because i can imagine for instance people like Paul being, you know, skeptical enough that he he's not going to fall for anything. You know, he's just because a REM pod uh, flashes uh, and it coincides with two for yes, one for no, maybe one or two questions. But you would you would tailor your questions to a point where you know it would be have to be such specific knowledge and a such a given specific answer that it would really reduce the risk of it being completely a fluke accidental you know and um yeah oh i'd love to see some footage of that that would that would be amazing that yes let me i'll have to dig into my my history on uh, my social networks for that but i'll definitely get that to you guys but I, i'll tell you this too in the paranormal world there's the spiritual and there's the science and that seems to be you know the the two fists going at each other constantly and where you have someone like paul who's more on the tech side and relies on you know these equipment and machines i had a physical personal experience and that's all i needed to tell me something had happened now when all else fails maybe science will be there to to sort of communicate that through these rem pods or these ghost spirit boxes but i will tell you right now i think feeling and experiencing something is going to be much more powerful than any sort of scientific evidence about the paranormal and these small personal disclosures whether it's through a ufo sighting or through a paranormal experience uh, is going to be much more in the grand scheme of things than any hard data uh, can possibly do. And that's totally okay with me. You know, as much as I strive for legitimacy within the UFO field and beyond in terms of evidence and data, I think each person having their own personal experience is what matters most. And that's extremely exciting to me as someone who studies human beings for a living, as a playwright, trying to create characters. That's what I love. And I love to see how they change after these pivotal moments in their life. So I think well, it may also be there is never any objective experience there. It's so exactly. subjective. It's so much internal that there's no way to really investigate scientifically because scientific methods require repeating something exactly Agreed. every time. And if it changes each time, you don't have that consistent evidence, which is unfortunate in a way because scientists will insist on that. Let me throw this in, by the way, since we had the Ghostbuster reference before. We all know that the author of the Ghostbuster song was Ray Parker Jr. Now... Did you know that there was a lawsuit involving Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis and the News at Ray Parker and Columbia Pictures? Because supposedly the melody to the Ghostbusters theme song infringed on the copyright for a song called I Want a New Drug. Mm. Now that you mentioned that, I'm I'm playing both songs in my head. I, I can sort of see that, but we hear this all the time. You know, we had this with Vanilla Ice and uh, David Bowie. Uh, it, it's so hard when it comes to to music. You know how how much can you you remain unique and what hasn't been done before? Even with storytelling, Gene. You know every story has been told. It's just how you you kind of switch it up a little bit each time and work off of it. But that's unfortunate. Yeah, there was a legal settlement mm -hmm. between the parties. It reminds me, for example, of George Harrison's "My Sweet Lord," which in French on the copyright for "He's So Fine." And there was a settlement. That's one thing, too, whenever they've had that. And I think maybe John Lennon might have had one of those at one time. They just settled. They don't argue about it. Right. We have, which is a big thing in the legal field we don't see often. It's just this settlements and 
Yeah, that that's well. It's good to know that they could work it out. Um, the Ghostbusters theme was actually the number one song the day of my birthday. So there's a little fun trivia for you. This is how this is how the music really just gets involved in everything we do. We think of the musical reference, which does have an important cultural aspect to it. Absolutely. Okay, just like how songs come to people in dreams. Like, for example, Paul McCartney and the song he wrote about Mother Mary. Mm -hmm. That was his mother. He dreamed about his mother. Yeah, yeah. Or they come at like the most, you know. That was, of course, Let It Be. Anyway, some of his interesting songs came to him in a dream. We've got more to come. Maybe about dreams, maybe not. Ryan Sprague, Gene Steinberg, Gogs Mackay, you're in the podcast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes... Include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code RADIO at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. 
If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Ryan Sprague, Gox McKay, Gene Steinberg, and we've been doing the cultural references, but you see where it's at. I mentioned Day to Earth Stood Still. Now I'll give another challenge that was answered in a very strange way a long time ago, and that is before Kenneth Arnold had his sighting of the nine kind of ellipsoid objects, was there ever another sighting before then with the same kind of objects? I mean, in terms of my own research, Gene, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've we've had dome-shaped, saucer-shaped sightings. I mean precisely those. Precisely those. That's a great question. Um, that I could not personally speak to. Gox, have you come across anything saucer, quote unquote? Saucer? No, were they not chevron shaped things? The actual Kenneth Arnold ones. They, they weren't. They, there was that whole thing about the, the the newspapers picking it up wrong. The misread. Yeah. Skipped like saucers, but they actually looked like kind of almost like a bat wing type thing. So it was like, you know, symmetrical left and right, bilateral symmetry, I think, but not, you know, if you looked at top down, it would almost look like a the Batman symbol pointing mm-hmm. backwards, if that makes sense. I think that's what it looked like, but I don't think I've seen anything specifically like those. They were seen at quite a distance, weren't they? So it may be difficult to, maybe there was some kind of optical illusion happening anyway because of the uh, perspective. It may have been difficult to ascertain their exact shape. Well, but, other than the fact that they may have been projections from Commissioner Gordon, <laughs> the, the fact is here is that there were sightings of similar objects, but they were always traced to happening after Arnold's sighting had been reported. So after that sighting, others saw something similar, but evidently not before. And I was asked about this because sometime, oh, a few years back, I briefly did a little research for that movie that still hasn't come out. 701. Mm, okay. Yes, James Fox. James Fox and Tracy Torme was involved with it. And I did this research and I got a nice little piece of money that I needed. 
And I was asked that question. Can you find a sighting that was reported before Arnold's with the same kind of object? And the answer was I couldn't. And I talked to a few other people about it. I think Kevin Randall looked into it at one time. And he mentioned a sighting similar, but when he did, as they say, he traced the sources. He calls it chasing footnotes. When he chased the footnotes, he found that it was reported after. So that cultural reference was distorted to create the saucer image, but no object like that occurred before Arnold. So what's going on here? It's fascinating, Gene. I mean, you'd look at the sociological and cultural aspects of the Kenneth Arnold sighting, and they have literally shaped, (laughs) you know, no pun intended, they've shaped the phenomenon moving forward in terms of the flying saucers. And a lot of skeptics like to use that idea of the, you know, the misquote that everyone saw saucers after this misquote in the newspaper. So that clearly shows that they are not seeing these because that was not what was reported. I find that intriguing. And again, it comes back to that whole feedback loop of the co-creation. After he had this sighting and this got out to the zeitgeist, to the public, did that help shape the phenomenon after that? Is this what the controllers of these craft, maybe, maybe how they wanted to be interpreted after that? I, I don't know. But it's definitely something that I find fascinating is trying to figure out the the motives and the agenda of the phenomenon. And yeah, I, I can't tell you I have any answers, but I'm going to keep looking. That goes back to co-creation. If we're creating part of the image of what's going on or the phenomenon, then we all have different cultural things that influence us. But when some of those become so popular, so strong, like Gray's, it takes over a lot of our perceptions. And that's what makes it, to go back to what we were talking about before, that's what makes it so difficult for scientists to investigate because they want the consistency, repeatability. If this thing is so ephemeral, so subjective, where is the repeatability? I realize as a playwright, it doesn't matter to you. But Mm -hmm. if we're going to get an understanding of what's going on, how can we properly describe it if there is no single description? I I agree. I I also, you know, as a playwright, yes, I I don't depend on that repeatability, but I do respect it as well, Gene. I think, you know, some people ask me, you know, well, what what did you find? What patterns and connections did you find among the hundreds of people you interviewed? And not many, to be completely honest. A few things I found intriguing were a lot of sightings and experiences were near water, or there was lineage, you know, throughout different generations of families, people had UFO encounters or events. But other than that, I did not find much repeatability. That might be disappointing for the scientific field. You know, that's what they strive on, the scientific method. But for me, yeah, when I'm looking at it from a different angle as a cultural and a human side of it all, um, that repeatability isn't as important to me as the core impact and implication to having either a singular event or even repeated events. So it's a sort of vague way and broad way of looking at it all, but I respect both ends of it for sure. So as a UFO researcher, where do you go with it? I continue to interview people to find that human side of it. I know I keep coming back to that, but just telling stories, trying to be a you know, a a way for people to get their voices out there who might be afraid to come forward or are afraid of the ridicule that comes with all this. Getting the stories out there without witnesses and experiencers, 
we don't have anything to study. We have nothing, you know, we know Friedman always says, you know, how many people have seen UFOs? 90% of his audience raises their hand. How many reported it? Maybe 30, 40%. Report it. Tell it to someone because we're willing to listen. And I think that's what's most important. You know, whether or not we believe them, that's a whole different story. But at least let's get the stories out there because it's only going to move us forward, normalize the topic, and, uh, you know, just try to find some answers among more people. Okay, being skeptical here for a second, then Goggs, you can take over. If the sightings are so different, how do you create a model of a UFO sighting? I think that's hard. And I think that's where a lot of the scientific investigation groups uh, fail time and time again. You know, looking at some of the bigger ones, MUFON in particular, is how how do you create a model to come to any sort of conclusions? And every director of research or investigation, I think, tries their hardest. I honestly believe that when it comes to these investigatory organizations. But look, we've never found an answer. We've never created one model to scientifically investigate these things or come to any conclusions. So I think the phenomenon knows that. And I think it can be malleable and change throughout time so that we cannot sort of catch up to it with our own science or our own scientific method or models. So that that's kind of, you know, a strong hypothetical, but one I find interesting and intriguing to say the least. Will it ever happen? When putting, I'm going to ask you about the book in a moment, but we first have to break with Ryan Sprague and Gene Steinberg and Gogs Mackay. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Pro Pure Gravity Water Filters. Most tested, most trusted. The Pro One G2.0 filter by Pro Pure fits most gravity systems and is so easy to set up and use. No priming required. Independent lab tested to NSF standards. Removes up to 200 plus contaminants with Pro One G2.0 full spectrum filter technology. Pro Pure Water Filters. When you don't know what's in your water, start enjoying great tasting water today. Visit an authorized Pro Pure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. We call it the crapper, water closet, outhouse, or bathroom. But where do you go when there's nowhere to go? The answer is the Biffy Bag. The Biffy Bag is a pocket-sized disposable toilet that fits in your glove box, tackle box, toolbox, backpack, or purse. The Biffy Bag has everything you need for a sanitary and comfortable relief experience. It's ready to use in just seconds, and just toss it in the trash when you're done. It's your Biffy in a Jiffy. BiffyBag.com. B-I-F-F-Y-B-A-G.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. Part of President Trump's strategy with the allies who attended an economic summit in Canada could perhaps be leave them guessing. Officials say he had planned to sign on to a post-meeting communique, but now tweets that he won't because of what he calls false statements by Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Illegitimate and unacceptable tariffs to Canadian steelworkers and auto workers and on the Canadian economy must be met with an equivalent response. The president left the economic summit early and is now preparing for his meeting in Singapore with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. I'll be on a mission of peace and we will carry 
in really, in my heart, we're going to be carrying the hearts of millions of people, people from all over the world. You're listening to USA Radio News. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get a- Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 866-490-3991. 866-490-3991. That's 866-490-3991. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. That one with the question mark, I think, mirrors one that Greg Bishop did one time. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm going to call Greg and have him sue you for that. <laughs> Copyright infringement. Right. There's a guy named Michael Cohen or something, a lawyer from New York, who'll take on the case. <laughs> I know people don't want me to talk about politics, so I won't. When putting together this book of yours, which is called Somewhere in the Skies, what about it? What chapter surprised you the most before you put it together? I would have to say that uh, what surprised me most, Gene, was definitely um, I, I, I spent a weekend in the woods with Mike Clellan, the owl guy, as I'm sure you, you know, him, you guys know him well, connecting UFOs to owls, that there's some sort of connection there, either, you know, before or after a UFO event is having owls somehow involved. Now, Mike claims to be an abductee himself, and he invited me on a weekend in the woods with him and several other experiencers. And I immediately took him up on this offer because I, I still remain a bit more open-minded, but still remain pretty skeptical on the entire abduction phenomenon. So I wanted to deeply embed myself, you know, like a journalist in a war zone. I wanted to be right in the middle of it, see if anything happens, hear the stories. 
And so I, I joined Mike on this excursion. You know, we were in the Adirondacks. There were several other abductees, quote unquote, there. And I heard their stories throughout the weekend. Uh, so much information came at me those couple days that when I was going to bed the last night I was there, I had a experience that I cannot explain. Uh, was one of the most frightening experiences I've ever had and made me really, truly question how real and possible an abduction experience can be. And uh, that that really, really changed my thoughts on all of it. Not only if it's real or not, but the influence that others can have on your perception of what's happening. You know, I, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and hearing a tapping on the window of our third story place that we were staying at, you know, and there were no trees outside. It wasn't a branch. There was no snow falling. It was winter, but there was no snow falling. Um, so what was it? I, I was too afraid to look out my window. And then I see uh, movement under my closed door. Everyone was asleep at this time. Uh, Mike's cat was in his room with him. And it all kind of hit me at once, this immense fear that I'd never experienced before. My girlfriend was in bed next to me. She's the lightest sleeper in the world. She would not wake up. I tried waking her up. Nothing. She would not wake up. I yelled her name. I shook her. Nothing. Again, just this immense fear that my entire reality was about to be shifted. And I was possibly going to have something related to a abduction experience or a close encounter. Uh, you know, luckily for me, that did not happen. I was able to look out the window. Nothing was there, but it really made me empathize more with these individuals and realize what they must have been feeling when these things were happening. Um, you know, th there's multiplied obviously by a million, but it really opened me up and made me more compassionate to those who have these experiences and how scary, traumatic, and just different and mind-altering it can be. No, I remember spending a lot of time talking to somebody named Doug, who was a abductee, and he was pretty straight ahead, middle-class executive, and not the kind of person you'd expect to be involved in this, but what happened to him was frighteningly real. Goggs, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say that the uh, this fear that you experienced, it sounds very much like the fear people often have uh, associated with sleep paralysis episodes. And I, I don't know where I've had sleep paralysis myself, which in its own in its own can be very frightening. But I never had the the, the aspect where I feel that there's a presence or some kind of entity or something negative going on. I haven't experienced that, but just the whole the the almost the anticipating something like that about to happen is kind of scary enough. So I I think I can empathise with with um, that situation you are in and. There just seems to be a common theme um, uh, in uh, abduction and and uh, sleep paralysis. Uh, this this whole um, this great fear that in fact a lot of these paranormal topics that there's I don't know what it is, but fear comes up uh, more than any other kind of emotion, and I, I'm not sure if it's always associated with um, like like in hauntings or something where things are tend to be negative. You know, I, I, I think of um, 
the blue orbs at Skinwalker Ranch just creating fear on people, turning it up to 10 immediately, and then people in sleep paralysis having just the, the most incredible fear with some you know, dark figure looming over them mm-hmm. and how it must be to be um, in, uh, go through some kind of abduction experience, you know, whether it's scary or not, these experiences seem to be able to just um, bypass normal um, cues for fear and just take you straight to 10 on the scale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fear, Gogs, I feel, in my opinion, is the most human and vulnerable thing we can feel. It puts us in the moment, immediate. I th- Again, coming back to that idea that whatever these phenomena are, paranormal or UFOs, whatever these intelligences are, they want to evoke something out of us, a reaction, an emotion. Maybe they lack emotion. We hear this time and time again with abductees that they didn't care what they were doing to me. They didn't understand the fear I was having. They just did their thing and brought me back, not even thinking about the implication to the event and how it would affect my life after. So you do have to wonder, is it some sort of study on how humans sort of gauge and react to certain stimuli or things? I don't know. I can tell you in terms of my own experience, because I'd never had sleep paralysis before, doesn't mean I didn't have it in that moment. I cannot say that was or was not what I experienced. I can tell you I did get up and I emptied the contents of my backpack just to remember I did this during this event. And if it was all a dream like this, you know, my bag will be in the corner zipped up everything in there when I wake up. And I wanted to do that just to prove to myself and make sure this was not some sort of dream or sleep paralysis. And I woke up and my contents were all over the ground, just like I had remembered doing during the experience. I mean, again, that's not proof of anything, but it it was the only thing I could think to do in the moment to negate that idea that I was paralyzed in bed or, or whatnot. But again, that whole idea of emotion, I do think going straight to fear is something they try to gauge or euphoric on the other end of the spectrum and peaceful. Again, all about the reaction. That's kind of where I'm at in my research right now. It's funny, isn't it, that I, when I've read stories about abductions in where they, you know, it's the whole classic, I'm on like an operating table thing and they're sticking a syringe into my navel and whatever, there always seems to be this te- telepathic instruction or is given to the people that, you know, we are not going to hurt you, this won't hurt. And then it always suddenly hurts terribly. And then only when the people cry out, does the grey or whatever wave his hand and the pain is taken away straight away? So to me, that almost says that for whatever they are, these alien greys, they don't experience pain themselves because they never seem to anticipate what might be very painful or not. But when it's pointed out to them, they they tend to be able to take it away quickly. So it doesn't seem to be that they're sadistically enjoying the pain of others, but they certainly seem to be indifferent to probably what the experience of it is because they don't seem to anticipate that what they're doing is about to cause great pain in some cases. Um, But I've yet to come across a case where they're like, yeah, we know it hurts, we don't care, and you're going to put up with this for hours yet. You know, we've (laughs) this horrible torture kind of uh, scenario. (laughs) Gogs, we're going to be tortured by our network if we don't break. (laughs) Gogs, Gene, Ryan, you're in. The The Paracast. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. 
with the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Before we get on with Ryan Sprague and Gogs Mackay, I want to remind you that we have a second radio show we do for you. And only you, if you subscribe to Paracast Plus, it's called After the Paracast. And you never can predict what's going to happen there because it's an open-ended discussion. It is not censored. And like last week, we had Red Pill Junkie and Greg Bishop was there. And they started talking. And it was magic. And the only way to understand is to listen every week because it's something that can be surprising. We offer it as part of Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com to learn more, and you'll find out what kind of wackiness we have. We also include a version of this show free of the network ads. So those of you on Facebook who say, ads, ads, I can't stand those ads. Those ads are driving me nuts. Well, you won't be driving nuts anymore unless you take substances I can't identify, but you won't be going nuts on commercials anymore, which is common, by the way, with network shows. But you won't be hearing them if you subscribe to Paracast Plus, because we give you a version of this show that is free of the network ads. You can't beat that. It starts at $1.49 a week, and we have special deals for five-year and lifetime subscriptions. In fact, I'm going to put Ryan Sprague on the spot. Would you contribute a print version or two of your book to Paracast Plus for those who take lifetime subscriptions? Would you be willing to do that? It would be my pleasure, Gene. Absolutely. And it'll be autographed by him, too. Yeah, if they want that. It's a little chicken scratch, but it's uh, it's proof that I actually I actually wrote it, I guess. Yes, I would love to do that. Okay, plus.thepowercast.com. We're going to add to our freebies. Book from Ryan Sprague, Somewhere in the Skies. A physical printed book, Chicken Scratched by Ryan Sprague. Plus.theparacast.com. Let's continue here with the cultural references and the abductions and everything. You know, I'm thinking here, if there was one abduction, Gogs, and you told the people who are administering the physical test, it hurts. And they say, okay, we'll do something so it doesn't hurt. They don't learn from their mistakes, do they? You'd think after the first time they'd realize, no, we can't inject humans that way. We don't want to be like the doctors of old who told children when you're giving them an inoculation, that's not going to hurt. And of course it did. They would know because they study us and they've abducted thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of us that we don't like to be pinpricked. It hurts unless they use the same needles they now use for flu shots. You get a flu shot right now. Does it hurt? No. So we think here the aliens are less advanced than the doctors or nurses or pharmaceutical assistants at drugstores who administer flu shots. They know better than ET how to administer something without pain. Gene, that's a good point. I, I, you know, I've been talking to one of your past guests, Walter Bosley, here in L.A. We've become uh, mutual colleagues and friends 
as of late. And, you know, he brought up a good point that we always view these intelligence as so far advanced that they wouldn't try to hurt us, that they would be so far ahead that they could only come for peace and this and that. And I actually agree with Walter on this, that why? Why? Because they're so advanced would that come with compassion and that come with such a you know, a moral compass of let's not hurt these people or let's not, you know, <laughs> change their lives forever in a bad way. You know, people become alcoholics after, you know, people after a abduction experience or encounter, they become severely depressed or they become alcoholics. So, and, you know, I don't believe this is what a advanced intelligence would want to happen to the human, but maybe they do. So this whole argument of if they're so far advanced and intelligent that they are not here to harm us in some way, I have a lot of trouble with believing that. No, I, I don't want to go as far as to say they're evil and they're going to take us over. But again, like Gogs and I were saying earlier, you know, maybe they just don't understand and their motivations aren't that cut and dry of we're just here to learn about how you tick and how you can you know, contribute to the Galactic Federation, as it were. Again, we don't know. So you, you do have to wonder why, why, why they're doing this. And is it for the best reasons? I don't know. I don't know. Don't you think with the abductions that it's, um, it's probably less to do with them actually collecting samples to do tests on or whatever? You know, the, the actual purpose of it for them is to put somebody through an abduction, if you see what I mean. It's not some end game of science that they're carrying out on human test subjects. The test, the science is abducting people and making them think they're going through some kind of test. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have many who claim that even their abduction experiences, they witnessed military people involved. I mean, that's the whole my lab thing that we could go down in terms of a rabbit hole. But maybe you're right. Maybe maybe they just want to what we perceive as the prototypical abduction experience. Let's throw that onto an individual and see what happens after that 70 odd years 50 40 years of abduction experiences have they not gotten what they need scientifically from us yet if supposedly thousands of individuals have been abducted in all walks of life like what how have they not come to some sort of conclusion um and scientifically for their purposes on why they're abducting us i i, I do i do agree with you there that maybe it's more about the experience and the implication to it uh rather than maybe at one time they needed hair samples they needed um fluid samples they needed uh ova or eggs from women i i don't know I, I don't know, but I do feel that the abduction phenomenon has perhaps evolved into more of a mental and spiritual, possibly even, experience rather than purely scientific purposes. Well, my feeling here is that we're depicting aliens who are quite primitive and very stupid, because I think of an advanced alien race capable of star travel comes here. They would have the medical knowledge and do the preliminary research that's required. They could abduct us in a way that we'd have no memory of it. We'd have no awareness of it. We couldn't detect an RFID chip in our bodies because it would be undetectable. There'd be no pain involved because, as I said, we'd have no memory. 
Instead, we have this image of the owl, which is a screen memory, a very primitive idea that they insert a screen memory to hide the memory of the abduction, which is easily recovered with some kind of psychotherapy or hypnotic regression. And I'm thinking here, maybe it's all the reverse. The abduction itself is a screen memory for something that really happened. And we can't get down there and find out. It's a very interesting theory. I I haven't really thought about that. I've got a question for you, Ryan. Now, seeing as with this book that you are interested on, on really the human side of of all these stories, all these people you interviewed, we know, for instance, Chris O'Brien, you know, trying to get money together for his uh, San Luis Valley camera project. Now, let's just say, for instance, that you had all the funding and all the time in the world to pursue an aspect or whatever of ufology or maybe some other uh, paranormal uh, field. What what would it be? What would you do? What would you research? Mm. Another, you know, other than the UFO phenomenon? Well, whatever, you know, if you were doing UFOs, what would it be? Mm-hmm. I, you know... I think I would want to uh, to look into the wor- the realm of cryptozoology, to be completely honest. Uh, something I'm not that familiar with, but find extremely fascinating and actually a lot more down to earth than, you know, again, no pun intended, than the UFO phenomenon or even the paranormal. Is this idea that there are creatures out there we've yet to discover or have been there for centuries and are just now, you know, being cited. That's always fascinated me too. Now, in terms of stuff like what Chris Chris O'Brien is doing, I love this idea of, you know, using science and using technology to try to do things like that. I did interview many scientists and individuals in my book about just that, you know, sending microsatellites into space, something like UFO data or CubeSat. Um now you know, in terms of how far these projects have come along, uh, you know, funding seems to be a big problem with that. But you look at something like what uh, Trumbull's doing with Mark D'Antonio, where they're trying to put rapid response Humvees on the ground to go detect paranormal or cryptozoological or ufological activity happening in an area. Let's detect this announcement with Gene Ryan and Gogs. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. 
That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Brian Sprague is with us. He's author of Somewhere in the Skies. And that's where the book copies are right now. You have to go up there and fly. Up, up, and away, and they get the book. No, you can buy it and usual (laughs) suspects, and you can... Get the ebook version and all that. So that's not a problem. We're just giving them a hard time because that's what we're here for, to give our guests a hard time. Gogs, you were starting something. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to go into questions now, Gene, from the forum. You know what? Let's, I got an idea. Let's go into questions from the forum. Let's do that. I got a question here from Angelo, also known as Angel Lauren, who's been a member since 2009. He's one of Old school, for sure. And his question for Ryan is, for your book, you interviewed dozens of people, and in doing so, are there links between the various experiences that took you by surprise? Also, as one of the younger voices in the field, is there anything you feel can be done to calm the animosity that seems to exist between some of the long-time ufologists? Mm. Those are two very different questions. I'll answer the first one um, in terms of patterns or, you know, things I found in the book. Again, I think I spoke earlier about this is there were not many patterns I could come up with. These events are extremely messy. They are non-chronological. There was very little repeatability in terms of what people experienced or reported to me. The only things I could sort of come up with in terms of that was the implication and that it was life changing. And the other one I would say would have to be that it happened within families that one person had an event and then another and then another, and it was traced throughout the generations. Now I'm not saying that's always the case, but those were sort of the core patterns I found with these individuals. And also a lot of them were anti-ETH which I think was most surprising to me is they didn't say to me, aliens took me aliens were piloting that UFO aliens were involved with this. It was, I had a weird experience. Something took me onto a craft and did something to me or something was over my head and I could sort of have a telepathic communication with it and never 
the word alien was used with most of these people. So I found that very fascinating, Gogs, in terms of a pattern, was that how low the ETH was on that scale of individuals. Very intriguing. In terms of the other question, the animosity within the UFO field, you know, I knew that full well going into it. Peter Robbins warned me of this very early on in my UFO research and uh, trying to get into this field, break into it, as it were, this self-appointed field we find ourselves in. The animosity has always been there. I feel it's subsiding, but you do have a big age gap when it comes to this. A lot of people don't feel there are younger people looking at this, and I beg to differ. There are many young individuals in the field. Their voices just haven't been heard yet, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do. If I'm considered one of the younger people, Greg Bishop believes I'm in my 20s. I'm very honored, but I am 33. Uh, If that's considered young, we got to try to get younger people. I think they're out there and they're sharing information because they know how to use that technology, social networking, and really, really come up with some new, fresh ideas. Again, the nuts and bolts ufology is a thing of the past. We respect it, we work off of it, and we try to ask new questions. So, in terms of animosity, I don't see that as much these days when dealing with the new quote unquote generation of UFO researchers. We're all just trying to, you know, stand on the shoulders of these giants before us and Do, find answers. Okay. So with this new generation of younger guys, are, are there any that you may have highlighted personally to yourself, you know, that you could see maybe in 30 years joining the ranks of the captain curmudgeons that we have? <laughs> They're not jaded enough yet. You know, you can't tell who's going to go down that dark path. Not yet. Let's go to another question then. And this got a crazy question here, um, a crazy question that we respect. And this is from Erno86, who's been a member of the forum since 2014. And his question is, do you have any opinions about the possibility of highly intelligent, sentient, Warm-blooded, dinosauroid humanoids, which is kind of a bit of an oxymoron, dinosauroid humanoid, anyway, existing on habitable planets and other star systems. Do we have, what's that, purple dinosaur kids program? (laughs) Barney. Yeah, Barney, yes. Is there a planet Barney somewhere? Wow, that is a loaded question. Do I have an opinion on that? I'll answer that first. Uh, Sure. I'd love to have an opinion on anything, to be honest. Um, In terms of do I believe that's out there? Sure. Why the heck not? We spend all our time looking at this phenomenon in many different ways. Why can't there be a planet? Why can't there be an alternate universe (laughs) where where there is an entire planet full of dinosaur humanoids? Uh, I have no nothing to base that on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, that uh, the thing about dinosaurs is, to me, it actually makes sense that there could be intelligent uh, reptilian species because we always say that the oldest part of the human brain stem is the reptilian brain, right? And so, if there was reptiles and dinosaurs millions of years before humans, so in a way, it could kind of make sense that uh, a reptilian's kind of a line of evolution would come to sentience and have some kind of intelligence possibly long before any humanoid. So maybe that's why 
there is so much um, snake symbology and reptile symbology that, like, that's either our nemesis or whatever, going back into, into you know, ancient lore or whatever. It's always been there. This thing about the reptiles, and to me, it makes perfect sense that there could be uh, advanced reptilians even on Earth. I'd have to agree. Maybe there's some astrobiologist out there who's looking at this as we speak. I I do agree with you. You know, you look at the natural evolution of this planet, this habitable planet of humans, reptiles, and many other different species. And that is very possible. If we find other habitable planets like Earth, possibly there is a version that did not involve humans so much as it did reptile or some sort of hybrid of that i i can definitely not discount that theory for sure i i think it's it's fascinating it's a little out there but that's why we do this you know is let's let's go all the way out there and then rein it in as we we learn more so yeah that's that's a really interesting question one i haven't thought about but i'll have to start to form my opinion on that as uh more data and science comes out on that <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Ryan, um, some of the people you spoke to are their kind of abduction experiences. And I, I noticed how you were saying how few of them were picking out the ETH possibly as being behind it. And what was it like an alien abduction experience? They were just saying, well, I've had this crazy experience. Did any of them describe seeing any entities, be it alien or not? But were, were there any kind of entity types yeah, I mean, most of the people I interviewed, uh, what they saw were dark figures. Now, again, we can trace that back to sleep paralysis and things of that nature, Gogs, but nothing in terms of, you know, seeing eight foot tall Nordics or, you know, slithering reptilians. I did not come across any of that in my personal research. I'm not saying that's not out there. I just personally did not find that. I came across instances of the greys and i came across instances of these small almost gray like beings that had monk like appearance you know these robes that they donned so you have to wonder what what that's all about is is this some sort of ancient civilization is this some sort of spiritual entity i i i don't know but i would say that you know if we're going to go with these were beings not uh you know non-human beings of some sort mostly what i came across with the greys and these small monk-like creatures which is fascinating in itself here's a special announcement the one the only paul kimball will be on after the paracast this weekend for more information on subscribing to after the paracast go to plus.theparacast.com plus.theparacast.com Let's continue with Ryan, Jean, and Gogs. You're in. The Paracast! Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Heart-related health problems affect millions of people each year. Maybe you're one of the many who suffer from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, or clogged arteries. There is a solution that doesn't involve expensive prescription drugs that only mask the problem and leave you with horrible side effects. If you are ready to live your life free of sickness, pain, and fear, live your life with increased vitality, energy, and youthfulness, and experience your body healing itself, then you're ready for heart and body extract from Healthy Hearts Club. Here is what one satisfied customer had to say about heart and body extract regarding his angina pain. I haven't had an angina pain since I've been on it. The heart body extract is just so great. I thank God that I was led to this product that's doing so much for me and that can do so much for other people. Call to order your two-month supply of heart and body extract today. Call 1-866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. This is a warning to all household pests, to all cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, and rats. If you've made yourself at home in someone else's home, you'd better hope the owners never hear about Terminix. Because Terminix has the know-how and the means to do whatever it takes to remove you from that home. Terminix has 90 years of experience eliminating home invaders. And they make it easy for homeowners to be protected by offering a free pest estimate by calling 1-800-676-9879. Cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, rats, and other pests. This is your last chance with one call, Terminix will remove you from the home you've invaded. If you think you can simply come back later, think again. Terminix will never stop working to keep you out with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Pests. Wherever you are, I will find you. Pests. You've been warned. Homeowners are calling Terminix right now for a free pest estimate. 1-800-676-9879. 1-800-676-9879. 30-day money-back guarantee at participating locations. Limitations apply. See plan for details. Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code radio at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I don't know what the hell that was. Well, I don't expect to hear you on Broadway. Now, maybe one nope. of your plays will be produced on Broadway. 
Yes, I, I've got a voice for playwriting. Let's put it that way. It's like I have a face for radio. Exactly. <laughs> he agrees with me. No, no, Gene, no. Actually, the one question that Ryan is afraid to answer, it's from Paul Kimball. Why won't he tell us the truth about the space alien sea monster connection? Ooh, this is a tough one. I, I have to admit, guys, this is an inside joke that uh, when I was at the Esotericon recently with Paul, you know, whenever he was doing publicity and marketing for the event, he kept going through what everyone was going to be talking about. Greg Bishop and the co-creation, Micah Hanks and magic and the, the mysticism. And Ryan Sprague is going to be talking about, I don't know, sea creatures, which was not true. I had spent months and months preparing a talk on UFOs and was very, very interested when I got there to hear that I was now going to be talking about sea creatures. Um, he did not make me do that. But, you know, as an inside, you know, retort to all that, when I did go up to give my presentation, I did do an opening slide that was all sea creatures. So threw that one back in his face, but he did allow me to talk about UFOs, which is kind of my bag at this point. That's where the whole sea creature thing comes in, in terms of Paul's question, I think. But uh, maybe next year, Paul, I will talk about Champ and uh, Nessie and everything in between. Release the Kraken. No, it's release the Kraken. Much better. <laughs> That's Raj Al Ghul, the original one who played that role. Ah, uh, yes. Not not uh, Mr. Neeson, was it? Was it well, the, the one they had on Gotham is the fellow who played the Dr. Bashir on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Alexander Siddig. Right. Gene, I will admit I gave up on Gotham after the first few episodes. I just couldn't do it. Well, they've gotten really deep into the comic book lore, but very much in such a cartoonish way. That, yeah, yeah, and you know, I respect that, but I just, I just couldn't get into it. It's supposed to be about Batman before he becomes Batman, and you've got all this nonsense going on that could just as well has, have happened after Batman is Batman. It's not showing how Bruce Wayne develops into this so much. It's more exactly. about all these crazy, wacky villains, and of course the best one is the guy who plays Penguin. He's great. Yes, I've heard. I've heard. Yes. And now they even have the Joker in full regale from what I hear. Maybe I'll have to hop back in and see what's going on over there. I just, you know, DC is hit or miss with me. I think they do a wonderful job uh, in terms of their comic books and their uh, CW stuff. But when it comes to the movies, and I will tell you this, I have a very close friend who is part of the Justice League cinematic universe. Uh, love him to death. But oof, man. Did they miss the mark with that one? Can you tell us who? Yes, Mr. Ray Fisher, a seasoned theater actor in New York who plays Cyborg. Sure. Um, amazing actor, extremely underused so far in the Justice League universe. I hope he gets his moment to shine with whatever comes next. But I think everyone can agree. They kind of bit off more than they could choose starting with the Justice League and giving us no origin story for any of the other characters. So we'll see what happens. I always have hope for DC. I love their characters and, uh, and I wish Ray all the best with continued success with that. He's a great supporter of my playwriting career. You know, when all else failed and no one came to my plays, he was in there in the audience uh, cheering me on. So, you know, yay cyborg. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> when you do a presentation before an audience, can you preview kind of what you tell us? 
Do you have one specific kind of lecture you deliver, or do you do something custom for every one you give? That's a great question. The only talks I have given um, that have been different were I do have my main UFO talk that I give right now, sort of based around the book, really, really focusing on the individuals and their stories and how it changed their lives. That's my main talk, the one that I gave uh, at this year's Esotericon. But the only other talk I've given was about triangles throughout the world, not in terms of craft or UFOs, but you know, starting with the Bermuda Triangle and working my way out to other mysterious triangles throughout the world. You know, we have them in Japan, we have them in Massachusetts, we have them all over the world that, you know, these weird things are happening. Planes are going down, the ships are sinking, uh, paranormal activity, high strangeness. This whole idea of are we making these areas triangles and shaping the mystery or are the triangles shaping us? So that's another talk I've given in the past again in Nova Scotia. So right now, those are the only two talks that I have really brought to the public and have a uh, really a lot of excitement about. So yeah. Ryan, these triangles you are talking about, are they all equilateral triangles or do they sometimes come in, you know, like isosceles triangles? I'm, I'm, I'm not being funny, but when, when we see things like the Bermuda Triangle and stuff, it's always a, a triangle of three equal angles. Um, did, did, were you finding that in any other identified triangles that are in the, the, weird, the weird side of things? You know, Gugs, I... You know, I wanted to, I wanted to really put that stark angular shape to these things, but I think that's where, you know, the cultural impact of these things really come into play and individuals make the triangles, you know, maybe yeah. something weird happened in this area and then a little bit off to, you know, the Northeast, this happened a little Southwest, this happened. Let's put a triangle around that and it falls within that triangle. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of the conclusions I came to with that talk is that it had a lot more to do with us shaping the triangle rather than the other way around. So in terms of like an, an exact shape, no, I, you know, that might be sobering and disappointing, but I, I think the mysteries within these areas were intriguing themselves. Yeah, there's the Bridgewater Triangle, of course, up in the Northeast. Yes, I actually interviewed the gentleman who does a lot of research there in my talk. And the Bridgewater one is absolutely fascinating. I mean, you have everything from cryptids to ghosts to evil Native American spirits, you know, exacting revenge and uh, UFOs being sighted and reported there by local news anchors and everything you can possibly think of is within the Bridgewater. That would be a great TV show. The Bridgewater Triangle, and it'd be a bit like the X Files, and every week could be some crazy different paranormal thing. I think I've I've read some stuff about there, and there's some oh strange little troll-like creatures that would follow yeah. people and cause. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Yes, just, yes, very. Oh, these, Yep, yep, I, I do know what you're talking about. Those have been reported as well. These like strange little impish characters, you yeah. know, um, trickster-like in their motives. It's crazy. I don't know why it happens there, but again, you have ancient burial sites of Native Americans. This could have a lot to do with it. You supposedly had satanic rituals occurring there in the past, and just everything, everything you could possibly think of. What it is, I don't know, but something strange is definitely happening in Bridgewater. I think it would make for a very interesting television docuseries or 
or a fictional program as well. We've got a whole lot of distance to travel and very, very little time to do it. We've got the one, the only Gogs and Mackay, the one, the only Ryan Sprague, and that other guy, Gene Steinberg. You're in. The Triangular Podcast! Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The G7 Economic Summit ends in Quebec, Canada Saturday with the member nations issuing a joint communique. Here's the British Prime Minister, Theresa May. What you will see in the communique is agreed language in relation to trade. What you'll see in the communique is agreed language in relation to Russia. But after President Trump leaves the summit early to head to Singapore for his Tuesday summit with North Korea's leader, he tweets that he doesn't endorse that G7 statement signed by the six other countries. The president also blasted Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau for announcing retaliation measures against the U.S. for tariffs after Trump had left the summit. Again, President Trump now on his way to Singapore for the summit with Kim Jong-un, who was already there having touched down a few hours ago, and more than 2,500 journalists have also set up in Singapore. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Attention! Sorry I'm talking a little loud because I want to reach people with a hearing problem. Do you want to hear better for just $299? Yes, not thousands, but for $299. You can hear all the sounds you've been missing for years. Hearing Help Express has been helping people hear better, selling top quality hearing aids for over 30 years. Now is your best chance to hear better with hearing aids for $299 with our free 45-day home trial offer. And you don't even need to leave your home or get a hearing test. Call now to start your free 45-day risk-free home trial offer. All it takes is a free hearing consultation. Learn how Hearing Help Express can improve the quality of your life with better hearing. Call now. 800-516-7448. 800-516-7448. 800-516-7448. That's 800-516-7448. 
It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yes, is this show really a triangle? You know, we had a forum set up early on in the history of the Paracast where we specialized strictly... I found quite a few for you to choose from. Power. Stars show. Power Rangers. 2017 movie. Power Rangers. ABC show. Lego Friends. The Power of Friendship. Disney Channel show. Absolute Power. 1997 movie. Turbo. A Power Rangers movie. (laughs) That is Siri. Got caught up in it. We had Black Triangles Forum that was set up here back in about 2007. And there was a whole bunch of interesting sightings, and the person who sponsored it and the person who brought that to us kind of sort of left the field and left the forums. I haven't heard from him again, and it kind of died out. So is this kind of resurrected? I think when we hear about UFO sightings, we seem to hear about those a little bit more these days. Am I wrong? I don't think so. I think, you know, we, we do hear about the triangles being reported a lot more frequently than we do saucers anymore or egg-shaped crafts or rectangular craft. I, I think it is the new and improved version of this phenomenon, and it's been that way for a while now. I mean, we, we could relate it even to our own stealth craft. You know, is it ours that people are seeing? Uh, For my own personal sighting, Gene, I do believe what I saw was some advanced technology made here on Earth. I can be completely honest about that. But that's not to say that what other people are seeing was not extraterrestrial in origin or non-human. But we do hear a lot more about triangles than we do anything else, uh, in my opinion. What do you think, Gogs? Yeah, um, I, I'd, I'd felt for a while that actually the last 10 years, it seems to that the, the actual sightings of uh, structured craft seem to have gone down or the ones properly mm-hmm. photographed or something and it was more lights in the night sky and I was I was actually decrying the almost like the end of when's a when's there going to be a good close-up saucer sighting or a you know a close encounter of the third kind where they start cooking cakes and things like that and silliness and I I just don't know if it's been reported and stuff for uh, as much as it, it maybe was in the past. But then again, 
then I, I remind myself, well, you know, there's so much going on in places like South America and Brazil, and you know, just half the half the material that's supported isn't translated, and because of that, we we don't kind of tend to read it. So I think, you know, but definitely in the south of England, I think probably in the last ten years, I would definitely have heard of more triangles than saucer objects, for sure. Me too. Most of the triangular sightings I've come across were in Europe or, you know, in countries surrounding Europe as well. Yeah, that's a good point, too. We often look at these phenomena from very Western eyes. You know, what's happened here in the United States uh, when in Mexico it is fully embraced and talked about and there's some of the best cases have come out of there. So you, you do have to wonder why we always look to the United States for reports and whatnot. Um, or you have someone, you know, looking at it in Canada, someone like Chuck and what he's doing in Canada there with reporting UFOs. So, yeah. I think you're right in terms of triangles have sort of faded and we're now seeing a lot more very interesting evolved sightings coming, plasmas, orbs, things of this nature. Again, is this an evolution in the phenomenon? Is it just taking a different mask or shape to it? I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I would say that sightings of structured shaped craft have definitely gone down. What is that telling us, Ryan, in terms of sightings, that so-called structured craft? has gone down. Does that mean our cultural expectations have changed? Obviously, Stan Friedman would probably tell us, well, E.T. is sending off different craft now. Mm -hmm. I would agree with Stanton, and I would also disagree with him. You know, I don't think that they are necessarily changing their craft because we've seen too many of them or anything like that. I think, again, this whole idea of the co-creation hypothesis comes to mind and where i think bishop is on the right track that we evolved with the phenomenon whatever we perceive whatever we think it might be uh it's amorphous it, it shapes into that so once this idea gets running you know look at kenneth arnold and the flying saucers everyone saw him after that once this idea gets running of the orbs or these these balls of energy or you know the the these sort of spherical objects come into play uh, that's where it runs to that's where it sees and feeds off of that so i think culture is a big part of all this and sociology and that we are helping to create the phenomenon we're seeing i really do believe that is an avenue to go towards god if we if we really pay, play such a part in it then why are guys like Gene and myself not seeing anything? Like I, I'd really like to see a UFO. So I, how do I make myself play this part? I, I'm I'm very willing to play my part in creating something, you know, my my bit of co-creating, but I can't get it to happen yet. That's funny, Gogs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what is that saying? You know, seeing is believing, but believing isn't always seeing, or <laughs> something like that. You know, I, I do feel that, a lot of this is dropped into the laps of the witness and the experiencer. You know, they're not out there searching the skies every night for these things. They just happen to see it. Maybe they sort of glimpsed that veil and were shown something in just a brief moment of time, whereas those searching for it their entire lives may see nothing. I, 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 I don't know. You know, when I was 12, I saw something. I don't personally believe it was extraterrestrial, but it could have been. And it sent me on this path to look into that possibility. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, would you want to be abducted or 
do you want to see something? And I said, I will tell them I've seen something and I don't ever want to see something again. So I guess it's that whole idea of it being a gift and a curse at times as well. I mean, if I, I was you, if I was in your shoes, Ryan, I would probably be equally happy with if that, that flat flying triangle had been aliens or it was humans who had super advanced anti-gravity tech. Both of those kind of answers, explanations are equally interesting that the, that for me it'd be just amazing to think that you know whether it's secret and whether it will ever be made public just to think that humans have created anti-gravity technology because to me then it, it follows that over coming you know hundreds uh, coming over coming centuries that you know humans will go out and expand into the universe you know hopefully creating a, a star trek or star wars type kind of federation or universe where we meet other planets and we build out and out and i i think you know creating um faster than light travel or almost like free en- free energy type stuff i think that that's the first step really on getting away from planet earth for me even if the aliens are not here, but we are that advanced, albeit secretly, I'd be very happy to know either of those things. I agree. I, I think, you know, that aspiration of this advanced technology that people are seeing, you know, it is a projection of what we want, what we strive to be. And is that this whole idea of the other of the alien of this advanced civilization is it us projecting what we we want on this planet or what we hope to be someday and uh you know are we just putting that mirror of the alien onto ourselves and being look this is what we could be i find that very fascinating and like you said exciting no matter if it is theirs or ours or both uh that that's that is very interesting and invigorating to think that we could tap into free energy or anti-gravity um that that's awesome and if that's what these craft are displaying then that's exciting in itself even if it isn't et or interdimensional or us from the future maybe it's just a projection of what we could do and again that's just as exciting to me as anything else well this feels exciting and we're going to have one more segment with ryan sprague to keep us going and maybe predict something for the future with Gene, Ryan, and Gogs, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Kiss your credit card debt goodbye. I'm Pharmacist Keith, Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you how to achieve financial peace, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Goggs is trying to imitate Nick Redfern. Will he succeed? That was, no. that was Ryan. <laughs> if you can believe it. 
I can't believe anything. <laughs> there is nothing to believe. Anyway, now this has been really fascinating. But let's look at this in the future. So we have sort of almost young whippersnappers like Ryan Sprague, at least a guy in his 30s. Some young people coming into the field. What do we do to get other people, young people, to look at what's going on? I think that we have to really look at what younger people are interested in these days, Gene. And, uh, you know, that's the internet, that's media, that's pop culture, that's Instagram. It's all these, these things that really connect the world in ways that we didn't have before all this. You know, the days of UFO conferences were the only place you could go to get this information. That's not the case anymore. Uh, you know, we, we can, with the flip of a switch or typing something in on a search engine, we can find endless material on UFOs. And I think that's what the younger people are doing. And that's both good and bad. You know, they're going to get, they're going to get information from less than, than truthful individuals out there touting certain theories on, and, and taking advantage of people's beliefs. But on the other hand, you're going to find people who are really doing good work out there and really getting solid information to the public. So I think what we really need to do is take advantage of those outlets for the younger generation, you know, whether it be through things that to the stars and Tom DeLonge are doing, you know, while it's a very controversial thing, I welcome it. I embrace it. I think it's getting a lot of younger people interested in the UFO topic. I have several colleagues who are doing things like that as well. You know, filmmakers like Jeremy Corbell, who is making documentaries left and right about Skinwalker Ranch and Bob Lazar and all these things that younger people don't know about and putting it in a new, fresh lens and outlet and medium. So if we really want to get to the younger people, I think we have to find new ways of showing them what this topic is all about and then build off of that. I, I come from that cusp of millennial, so I know about what was before the internet, but I also know how it can benefit us all. So I think to get younger people involved, we just have to show them that younger people are involved, and I think that's the most important thing. I, I'm going to keep doing my part to get younger people interested whenever I go to conferences and see younger people out there. I want to talk to them. I want to get their thoughts on what these things are and what they think they could be and see if they want to join me on this journey. Maybe I'm building a small army. That's not really something I want to do, but if that's how it's going to go, I'm all for that. I wonder if we could leverage something like a Comic-Con to get some interest going there. Of course, that might require a lot of money. That's that's a really good idea, and I know individuals are doing that you know i'm speaking at alien con here in california uh next week where a lot of young people are in attendance and the reason i think they wanted me there is because i am a young fresh face in this field and i have things to contribute to the topic so why not why not get younger people attracted to that idea that this this stuff is for real you know, this isn't the X-Files. This isn't some fictional television show. These are individuals who are serious about a topic that could change humanity. Or you have, you know, friends of mine who are speaking in Denver Comic-Con in a few weeks as well, who are going to be talking on a panel about UFOs. So right there, Gene, 
they are doing what you said and getting it out to a new audience that's never even thought about this topic. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with the the theater world as well, is write plays about UFOs and get this topic out to people who would never think twice about it and are pretty open-minded. You know, I would say the theater crowd is more open-minded and liberal than most. So why not try to attack them with the UFOs? I, I think it's not been done that many times before, and I think it's only the beginning. Or create a TV show and Greg Berlanti, one of the highest paid TV producers in the business, will produce it. He just signed a new six-year deal with DC, with Warner Brothers, for $300 million. Oof, What do I give for even a portion of that? If you were able to get a decent UFO show, and they're going to bring back, what was it, Roswell or something? One of those mm-hmm. older TV shows is going to get a reboot. Yes, I believe you're right. It is the Roswell show. Right. Well, that might have some hope because it's going to be that kind of CW style. Well, and another big thing with, you know, in terms of media, Gene, is I've been tapped for endless amounts of these UFO roadshows where you go out and investigate cases and uh, report back to headquarters, Bill Burns style, but they never pan out. And I think these networks, they have this idea of this is cool, this is new, this is fresh, but it isn't. It's been done time and time again. And when they really sit down and look at, can we investigate current cases of UFOs? It's not easy. We know with this phenomenon, once it's cited and reported, it's usually already gone. So what's the purpose of trying to go and investigate when the thing already happened And we can't monitor it. You know, they get cold feet and that's when the shows never pan out. So TV is kind of a dying industry. And I think we need to really look at new ways of looking at these things. You know, web television, YouTube, streaming services. Can we create these shows ourselves with younger people involved and attract younger people and get them involved. I think that's a way to go as well. And if we're looking at new media, TV's dead. Let's look towards the future. Well, I'm looking here. The reboot of Roswell will be a teen-oriented show on the CW. I don't know if it's going to be something that's going to attract teens to UFOs. But Is it, it going to be related audience. to the original one, Gene? Well, the original one had a lot of people who became kind of famous afterwards. For example, Heigl, uh, Catherine Heigl was mm-hmm. on that show, and Colin Hanks, who's the son of, of course, Tom Hanks, and William Sadler was on there. Adam Rodriguez, you'll recognize from Criminal Minds. Yeah, you know, that was one I never got into, Gene. But, you know, again, just that buzzword Roswell brings up so many different ideas and hopefully the younger people get, that are going to watch this are going to google roswell and see what happened in 47 and again that's that whole idea of truth and fiction is this the way to go to get the message out about roswell through a fictional show and we struggle with that every time a tv show comes out about ufos or aliens or what tom DeLong is doing in terms of writing fictional books about apparently truthful events in ufology It's a debate that will go down forever, and maybe we'll get small disclosures within that, but it's frustrating. I don't know what to make of all of that as well. You know, what lies between the truth and the fiction, and will it help or hurt ufology? By the way, there's going to be a TV show called Blue Book on the History Channel, executive produced by Robert Zemeckis, among others, and it's going to be about Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Cool. 
Yes, I, I'm excited about that. And I know a biography just came out recently about J. Allen Hynek that I can't recommend enough and that there are some possible biopic and or one-man show plays that could be coming in the future about Mr. Heine. There you go right there, tapping into new avenues and bringing forth one of the icons in ufology. All right, quickly speaking here, for those who want to find more of what Ryan Sprague has done and is doing, where do we go? All of my work, Gene, can be found right at somewhereintheskies.com. Making it simple, you can find us on Twitter, if you look for the Paracast, I do post on Twitter, not that often, because they're all following me around. I feel paranoid because I know everybody's out to get me. I didn't want to say that. We have two Facebook communities, groups, whatever, fan clubs, Paracast fan clubs. Check it out. Also check out the Paracast Plus because you get the After the Paracast podcast uncensored, uninhibited. You also get a version of the show free of the network ads, which means those who complain about us on Facebook, so many ads, they can get rid of them if they subscribe. Prices start at just $1.49 a week. Our price cheap, cheaper than the coffee at the Circle K convenience store. And we have lifetime subscriptions too, five years. And Brian's offering Somewhere in the Sky's autograph for a five-year subscription and a lifetime subscription, both. To Paracast Plus, go to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. Check it out. Brian Sprague, thank you so much for joining us on the Paracast. My pleasure. Ten years in the making. Gogs, Gene, thank you so much. It was an honor. Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.